0: I feel like there is a collective either love-it-or-hate-it relationship with the Instant Pot, at least from people I talk to online. It took me a while to get in on the trend several years ago, and I won't lie, I'm not a die-hard Instant Pot user. I don't use it for absolutely everything, but I do love it for many reasons, especially meal prep, and I use it often, at least once a week, if not more. And I have heard from a lot of you that you haven't an Instant Pot, that you hopped on the trend, but that it's been collecting dust in your basement or your cupboard, and you're either too nervous to use it, you're not sure how or what to cook in it. So today, I've got you. We are diving into everything Instant Pot, why I love it, why you should dust it off and start using yours as well. So let's dive in. Does cooking feel like a struggle more often than you want to admit? Do school lunches get boring after the third week, and even cereal for breakfast sometimes feels like too much effort, let alone feeding yourself and your family meals with vegetables they'll actually eat? If you're a busy mama like me, you can probably relate. I'm Chris Dovniak, and welcome to My Healthy Mama Kitchen. I'm a trained chef, culinary nutritionist, and mama of two, and I'm here to guide you in making healthy eating easy and accessible. By simplifying your meal plan, demystifying meal prep, taking the stress out of weeknight dinners, and helping you learn to cook your family delicious, nutrient-dense meals along the way without spending hours in the kitchen or thousands of dollars a month at Whole Foods. In this podcast, I'm here to share my best tips, tools, and hacks for your real-life healthy mama kitchen with a side of humor and sometimes a little bit of spice. So grab your favorite apron and let's get cooking. All right, before we officially start chatting Instant Pot 101, I wanted to mention that I created an extra special one-page Instant Pot 101 printable for you to download, so be sure to click the link in the show notes to get that delivered to your inbox for free. All right, first off, let's talk about what the Instant Pot is and why people are intimidated by it or why people are often intimidated by it and why you don't have to be. So yes, the Instant Pot is a pressure cooker. It is an electric pressure cooker. But it's not like your grandma's pressure cooker. A lot of people can be intimidated or scared by the idea of a pressure cooker because it cooks with pressure, and people are afraid that it's going to explode because there have been horror stories of pressure cookers exploding. But a lot of this has to do with, first of all, the manual pressure cookers that you use on a stove they can be dangerous, but with the Instant Pot specifically, it's very unlikely, especially when you use the safety tips that I mentioned, because most modern Instant Pots have safety mechanisms built in that keep it from exploding. There are a couple things you need to know to use it safely. Once you know those things, which I will share with you in just a little bit, you are totally fine. It's so convenient. You can use it as an Instant Pot, obviously, a pressure cooker. You can use it as a slow cooker. You can use it to steam things. There are so many different things you can use the Instant Pot for. So I want you to kind of maybe expand your thinking around the Instant Pot keep your mind open, and consider all of the possibilities that of the things that you can make with the Instant Pot rather than, I'm just scared that it's going to explode, (laughs) okay? It's likely, very likely, not going to explode. It's very safe, and there are so many things you can use it for other than soup. So yes, the Instant Pot uses pressure to cook. So it takes a lot less time to cook food, hence the instant name. However, instant is a misnomer because it's not actually instant. We'll talk about how much time it actually takes to cook things in the instant pot, but it does take much less time. So I love to use the instant pot on evenings where I want to make something like a super stew that I don't necessarily want to make in the slow cooker, but I want it done quickly because we have activities or something like that. And like I mentioned, I also use it almost every single week in my meal prep. And I'll share some ways that I use it in my meal prep. So what can you cook in the Instant Pot? That's the number one question, right? What can I actually cook in the Instant Pot? So it's pretty obvious, I think, that you can cook soups, stews, chilies, curries, any of these liquid heavy, and this is there's a reason I'm saying liquid heavy. We'll talk about that. But any liquid heavy dishes you, most anything you can put in a slow cooker, you can put in the Instant Pot. Anything that you would cook on, in a soup pot or a Dutch oven on the stove, you can cook in the Instant Pot as a general rule of thumb. You can also use the Instant Pot as a grain cooker. So you can cook rice, you can cook quinoa, you can cook millet, you can cook I'm like drawing, I'm like, oh, oats. You can cook oats, you can do steel cut oats, you can do rolled oats. There's so many different things that you can use the Instant Pot for. You can also cook dried beans. That's one of my favorite ways to use the Instant Pot for meal prep. You can cook meat. That's another one of my favorite ways to use the Instant Pot. I use it for shredded chicken. You can cook a whole chicken in the Instant Pot. You can cook roast. You can cook meatballs in sauce. Um, Just note that when you do cook meat in the Instant Pot, You're not cooking to medium rare or rare. You're cooking like larger pieces of meat typically, and you're going for that stew-like fall-off-the-bone type texture. Um, It's very difficult, if not impossible, to cook medium rare. In the instant pot and obviously you don't want something like chicken medium rare um if you whatever it, whatever meat is in the instant pot is not fully cooked it's probably because something went wrong um the instant pot will cook things fully um and it has a tendency to overcook things if you don't use it, use it properly as well when it comes to things like beans and grains so it's important to understand how to use it for beans and grains but don't worry we will talk about that. You can also cook eggs in the Instant Pot. You can make hard-cooked eggs, or you can get a special insert to make egg cups in the Instant Pot, kind of a la the sous vide egg cups from Starbucks. You can make sauces in the Instant Pot, so pasta sauce. You can make applesauce in the Instant Pot. You can actually make yogurt in the Instant Pot. It's been a while since I've made yogurt in the Instant Pot, but you can do it. Uh, You can also do baked potatoes in the Instant Pot as well. You can steam vegetables, but it is not my preference. Um, So it's not my number one recommendation, but you you can cook vegetables in the Instant Pot as well. I will cook soups and stews that have vegetables in them, but I tend to find that it overcooks vegetables. So those are the basic things that you can cook in the Instant Pot. Obviously, that's not an exhaustive list, but those are a lot of the things that you can cook in the Instant Pot. So what can't you cook in the Instant Pot? That's also an important question. You cannot cook anything that you want a crispy coating or texture. That's just not happening in a pressure cooker. So you don't want anything breaded, anything where you're like, oh, I really want that crispy crust on something or that fried texture or um like crispy skin that's just not that's not happening in the instant pot. I also don't recommend pasta. There are recipes where you can use dry pasta in the instant pot. I just never find that it comes out the right texture. It's either undercooked or overcooked. It's not my recommendation. I will put pasta in the instant pot at the very end and I've used egg noodles in the instant pot before because they cook really quickly. But you just have to be careful, and I, I would recommend using a recipe if you want to cook pasta in the Instant Pot, unless you are I – mean, okay, if you're listening to the Instant Pot 101 episode, chances are you're not an Instant Pot expert. I don't even consider myself an Instant Pot expert. I just use it a lot and love it, like I mentioned, Um but I would recommend using a well-tested recipe unless you're an Instant Pot expert and you're like, oh yeah, I know how to do pasta in the Instant Pot. It's not typically my recommendation, just like vegetables. If they're not in a super stew, not typically my recommendation. You also don't want to cook any dairy-based or cream-based sauces. Okay, well, I guess cream is dairy, but dairy-based or cream sauces you don't want to cook in the Instant Pot. It will separate under pressure. If you want to add cream or something like that to the end of cooking, you can absolutely do that once the pressure has come down from the Instant Pot and you've opened the lid and it's not super hot. If you add anything dairy-based to something super hot, it has a tendency to separate. Okay. Or split. Um, And it's probably pretty obvious, but you can't really bake in the Instant Pot either. There are people who have Instant Pot cake recipes. I'm not one of them. You will never find me making an Instant Pot cake recipe. I have heard cheesecake is delicious in the Instant Pot, um, but typically it's not something for baking. So what should you know before you start cooking with the Instant Pot? Whether it's brand new, and you've just gotten the Instant Pot and you've never used it before, or some tips to maybe calm your nerves a little bit about using the Instant Pot, or just some general tips, okay? There are three main parts to the Instant Pot. There is the inner pot. There is the outer uh, mechanism, right? The actual electric mechanism, the part that you don't want to, like, put underwater <laughs> because it is an electric device uh, appliance. And then there's the sealing lid, There's also a ring on the ceiling lid that is very, very important, and that's on the inside, and then there's a float valve on the top, and there are different Instant Pot models, so this looks different for different Instant Pot models. I have an older model, so mine might look a little bit different than yours, but all of those parts are always going to be a part of the Instant Pot. You have the inner pot, the outer appliance mechanism, the ceiling lid with a ring, and some sort of a float valve. I mentioned the sealing ring and why it's so important. The key here is that you wanna make sure the lid is sealed. It will not cook properly if the lid is not sealed. So that means the ring is secure on the inside If anyone that I am working with has has a problem with things not cooking properly in the Instant Pot, it's typically because the pot hasn't come up to pressure because it's not sealed properly. So you need to make sure the ring on the inside is secure. You can take it out, clean it, put it back in, make sure it's nice and secure after you've taken it out and put it back in. You want the lid to be on tight and you want that float valve in the middle. Again, there are different types of Instant Pots. This might look different. Sometimes some of the Instant Pots will say, sealing versus venting you want it to be closed you want it to be sealed okay so if you have an older model you want it in the middle if you have one that indicates sealed or venting you want it to be sealed then it's going to come up to pressure it's really important and this is the number one thing you need to know for safety okay other than making sure that it's sealed you and that you vent it properly but we'll get to that in a second you always need liquid in the instant pot you always, always need liquid in the instant pot. Otherwise, you can start a fire. Um, typically, again, the instant pot has a mechanism where it will shut off if the bottom starts burning. If the bottom starts burning, it means there's no more liquid, there, there's not enough liquid in there. And at that point, it will shut off on you. Because otherwise it could start a fire. You want some sort of a thin liquid, like broth or water, in there. Again, we talked about dairy before. Unless you're making yogurt, which is cooked at a very low heat, um, you want it to. You don't want it to be dairy based. You need at least a half of a cup of water for the smallest size instant pot, the three quart. Your standard basic Instant Pot is a 6-quart, and that's what, you know, you'll typically get if you go to Target and, or Amazon and pick up an Instant Pot. There are, there are different sizes. We'll talk about that again as well, but you want about a cup for a 6-quart. So rule of thumb, you want at least a cup of liquid. You want a little bit more if you have an 8-quart or a 10-quart. You need about two cups for a 10-quart, okay? But at least one cup of liquid in your 6-quart Instant Pot. It is important though that you don't overfill the instant pot. If you overfill it, it won't come up to pressure. And when you, if it does happen to come up to pressure and you vent it, it's going to create a huge mess. Okay. For beans or anything that expands, beans, grains, make sure you're not filling it up more than about halfway. There is an indicator on the inside of the pot. It will tell you the max that you can uh, fill it to. So follow that. Don't ignore it. Uh, it will not come out to pressure properly if you overfill it and it could create a mess. So when it comes to settings, there are a lot of settings on the Instant Pot, and it can be very confusing. As a rule of thumb, I use the manual setting. I just find that you can control cooking better that way. You can't always rely on, like, hitting chicken. If you put a whole chicken in the slow cooker and you hit chicken, it's like 15... Not slow cooker, sorry. Instant Pot. It says, like, 15 minutes. It's not going to be done in 15 minutes, typically, for most chickens, unless you're cooking, like, a Cornish hen, which is not a chicken. Um, so it's probably not going to be done. So. Use the manual setting. Some Instant Pots have a high pressure and a low pressure. For the most part, I will use manual or high pressure, and you can control the amount of time a little bit better that way. So when you go to use your Instant Pot, you want to make sure that it is sealed, like I mentioned. You choose your setting. You put in the time, and then it switches to on. It'll say on. Some Instant Pots say something different, but it'll say on or... I actually don't know what the other Instant Pots say. Typically it's on. (laughs) And that means that it's working. Then it's going to come up to pressure. Okay, so remember I said, instant is a misnomer because things don't actually happen instantly. It still needs to come up to pressure. So it takes anywhere from five to 15 minutes to come up to pressure. Then the cooking time starts and you'll see the cooking time switch on. So if you put on, say, 30 minutes, you will hit 30 and it'll go beep, 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 and it'll go on. And then you're like, did I do something wrong? It's going to come up to pressure. You might hear a little bit of whistling as it comes up to pressure. If you hear a lot of whistling, make sure that it's sealed because the valve might be open. Um, You'll hear a little bit of that. You might hear a little bit of rumbling as it comes up to pressure, especially if there's a lot of liquid in there. That's okay. You don't need to worry about it. And again, unless you hear a lot of whistling and steam, if you see steam releasing from the top, a ton of steam releasing from the top, chances are it's venting. It's not sealed. Um, So it takes about five to 15 minutes, like I said, to come up to that pressure and then it starts cooking and it will count backwards. So at that point, if you put 30 minutes in, it said on, and then you wait for it, maybe, you know, 10 minutes, let's say, then it will go 30, and it'll count. It'll go 30. It will turn to 30, and it'll count backwards, and then it'll beep, beep, beep when it's done, and then it will start to naturally bring that pressure down by itself. If you want to take out whatever is in there immediately. You can quick release. You can turn the valve. You can open the vent. Be very careful when you do this. The steam is incredibly hot and you can burn yourself. I don't recommend doing it underneath a counter. Make sure there's room to allow the steam to vent from the top as well. Make sure your kids aren't around when you do this. Those are kind of your main safety things, right? Be really careful about the steam. Make sure you have a liquid in there. If you do those things then you should be fine. Okay? Um, So natural release means letting the pressure come down naturally. Most Instant Pot recipes will indicate this. They'll indicate natural release, and it can take, again, anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes for the pressure to come down. At this point, you shouldn't need to have to vent it. So the pressure will come down, the float valve will pop up, And you don't have to release any steam at that point if it fully naturally releases. Sometimes recipes will say natural release for 10 minutes, um, and it'll tell you on the Instant Pot that it is like 10 minutes post-cooking time or whatever it is. And so you can kind of track it that way. So if if the recipe says natural release 10 minutes, then you still might need to release some of the steam, but if you let it fully natural release, then you won't have to release any steam. If you want to quick release or manually release that pressure, then it still takes a few minutes for it to vent, but then you'll switch it to vent and that steam will come up. So again, just be really careful about that steam. The pressure must be released before opening the lid. You will not be able to open the lid until the steam is released. Again, another safety mechanism there. I also wanted to mention that you can and actually, saute in the instant pot. It's not the same as a saute pan because a saute pan is going to be wide and have low sides so that it can very easily, or so any of the liquid that's coming from the vegetables can very easily evaporate and you can get that kind of crispy texture. The instant pot obviously has high sides, so it's going to take a little bit longer for any of that liquid that's released from the vegetables or the uh, the meat to release and for things to fully sear. It'll take a little bit longer, but you can saute in it. And I really like using the saute function. You'll see it in a lot of my Instant Pot recipes. You'll saute or caramelize the vegetables a little bit before you put the rest of the ingredients in. This adds flavor. You are naturally deglazing the bottom of the pan whenever you add any liquid in there and cook so you'll have that fond from the bottom of the pan. Same thing with meat. You can get a sear on the meat before you go ahead and add the rest of the stew ingredients, for instance, or the sauce ingredients. So how do you know how much time to cook in the Instant Pot? Okay, this is a big question. First of all, they come with a guide. And I'm not one to typically go, just follow the guide, but It's The Instant Pot is different than any other cooking appliance. So to start, use the guide that comes with it. If you've lost that guide, they actually have a really great time chart on the Instant Pot website that I will put uh, a link to in the show notes. Use that chart. There are a ton of Instant Pot recipes online as well. So if you're new to using the Instant Pot, I recommend using the chart that comes with it. If you want to start with something simple like grains or beans, follow when they say soaked beans versus uh, versus raw beans. This makes a big difference. Same thing with grains. Follow the directions and you should be fine. So if you want to start with a basic recipe and then kind of move on to converting your own recipes, that, that would be my suggestion. In general, you can pretty easily convert almost every soup, stew, chili, or curry into the Instant Pot as long as it's not dairy-based, like I mentioned, or you add that dairy at the end, or it's not super grain-heavy because this might change the texture. So you can start with that sauté function. You have to turn it off before you bring it to pressure. I should have mentioned that before, but you do have to turn it off after you sauté because it's a different function. Um, turn it off and then turn it back to pressure. You can transfer it to manual. Um, You want to make sure that you are choosing recipes when you are trying to convert things from the stovetop or the slow cooker to the instant pot. You want to make sure that there is enough liquid again. So to determine how to cook pretty much anything that you would cook on the stovetop, to an Instant Pot recipe, you just want to divide the time into thirds. Super, super simple. So you want to cook it for a third of the time. So for instance, if something typically simmers on the stove for 30 minutes, then you want to cook it for 10 minutes in the Instant Pot. 60 minutes, 20 minutes in the Instant Pot. Okay, super easy. Divided by by thirds. One third of that time is how long you want to cook it in the Instant Pot. And this is the cook time, the simmer time. We're not I'm not talking about the saute time. You do that first and then you switch it. For slow cooker recipes, it is 20 to 30 minutes for every four hours on high or eight hours on low. Typically, most slow cooker recipes will give you like half of the amount of time on high, double the amount of time on low. And so for the Instant Pot, it's about 20 to 30 minutes for every four hours on high or eight hours on low. So it's about an eighth of the time it would take in the slow cooker, okay? So that's kind of your rule of thumb. If it's not done after 20 minutes, you can put it back in for five to 10 minutes, or you can continue cooking for five to 10 minutes. I know that that is a pain if you release the heat and all of that, but for slow cooker recipes, typically they are going to be done in about 20 to 25 minutes, in the Instant Pot, just as a general rule of thumb. Again, the Instant Pot cooks very quickly. If you're going to cook anything from frozen, you need to add at least an extra 10 minutes, okay? You wanna make sure that it's cooked all the way through. I do not recommend cooking a whole chicken or a roast from frozen ever (laughs) because you can't season it properly and the texture's not gonna be what you want, okay? But if it's something like, chicken, like chicken breast or chicken thighs or small pieces of meat, stew meat, that sort of thing. You can cook that from frozen. You just want to make sure that you're adding an extra 10 minutes to that. Again, there is a time chart on the Instapot website that is very, very helpful. So That link will be in the show notes and that should help you have an idea of how much time to cook things in the Instant Pot. And just remember that cooking time is not the total time that the recipe is going to take. The total time is the time to come to pressure, the cooking time, and then the time for the pressure to release. So a recipe that says it's cooked in 10 minutes in the Instant Pot, it's actually probably closer to 25 to 30 minutes because it takes time for it to come up to pressure, cook, and then come down. Okay, so it's still very fast, but it's not instant. So how do you know if you should use the natural release or the quick release? This totally depends on the recipe. It will continue to cook as the pressure releases or the pressure comes down. So it's great for larger pieces of meat as it helps the meat to relax, okay? And this is going to just be a better texture overall. So use the natural pres- pressure release for things like soups, larger pieces of meat, whole chicken, roasts, etc. okay, and also beans. You're gonna, unless your recipe indicates quick release. And then in that case, listen to listen to the recipe, okay? And so you can use the quick release for more delicate cuts of meat. You can use it for vegetables if you're cooking with vegetables or where the recipe indicates again, okay? If it says quick release, listen to the recipe. Most grains, you want a quick release because they will be done at that point and you don't want them to overcook. So there are several different sizes of the Instant Pot, okay? There is I think I mentioned this before, but there is a little tiny Instant Pot, which is great for like one or two, or if you don't have a ton of space, it's only three quarts. You can't cook a whole bunch in there. I would say it's like, yeah, it's like maximum enough for two to three people. For the average family of like four to six, you can probably get away with a six-quart Instant Pot. This is your standard Instant Pot, okay? Um, So, Typical standard Instant Pot is probably going to be six quarts. You can also get one that's eight quarts if you have a bigger family or you make bigger meals. The eight quart might be really good for you. And then it does go up to some of the models, go up to a 10 quart, which is very big and you will need the room for that. But there are several different sizes. Just make sure, again, when you're going to if you haven't purchased your instant pot yet um, and you can check on yours and see how big it is as well and just make sure that you are not overfilling it uh and that it's big enough for your family depending on what you want to cook in it so there are some additional tools that you can get for the instant pot it does come with a little rack that you can use in the bottom. I recommend an extra roasting rack if you're going to roast something in the Instant Pot or if you're going to do hard-cooked eggs. The roasting rack is really inexpensive. You can get one on Amazon for like $10 or $12. You can also get extra silicone rings. I recommend those because you want to make sure you have that tight seal on the Instant Pot. You can get a silicone egg cup pan. You can get a separate inner pot so you can cook one thing remove that pot and then put another one in if you're going to cook multiple things especially like during meal prep um this is really really helpful to have a separate inner pot but none of these things are necessary you can go on amazon and see so many different instant pot accessories i really just recommend a roasting rack if you want to roast in the instant pot uh, and some extra silicone rings if it's brand new you probably don't need the extra silicone rings for a while um, but it is also again helpful to get a separate inner pot if you don't want to dump things out and you know clean it out before you're going to go make another thing so that is really helpful as well so let's talk about some of my favorite things to cook in the instant pot so i use my instant pot most often for meal prep, like I mentioned. So I like using it for hard-cooked eggs. I like using it for shredded chicken. This is pro- That's probably my most, like the thing that I use the Instant Pot for the most is cooking shredded chicken. I literally just add the chicken to the Instant Pot, cover it with water or broth. Broth is my preferred. Top it with some salt, seal it, cook it for 25 minutes, let it naturally release, shred it, Super easy, and I use that in a ton of recipes. Like, you can use it in chicken soup. You can use it in enchiladas. You can use it in white chicken chili. You can use it in chicken salad. You can use it just on top of a salad. There are so many different ways to use shredded chicken, and it's less expensive, and you get more than if you were to buy like if you were to buy pre shredded chicken. So. Love using the Instant Pot for shredded chicken. I like using it again for a whole chicken, though it doesn't have the same texture as roasting. It's about the same texture as slow cooking the chicken, though you do tend to get a little bit of crisp on the top when you slow cook a chicken, but it's faster. So if you want to cook a whole chicken fast, it is nice to use the Instant Pot. The Instant Pot's also wonderful for roasts, so any big cuts of meat that will fit in there. Roasts are really great in the Instant Pot. You can also cook any sort of like stews in the Instant Pot. So those are my favorite. My, my favorite things to use it for in terms of meal prep, oh my gosh, I totally forgot beans. I love cooking, and I mentioned this before, I guess, but I love cooking dried beans in the Instant Pot. When it comes to being on a budget, it is way, way less expensive to use dried beans. I know cooking dried beans can be can feel laborious. It takes a really long time. So the Instant Pot cuts that time in half. I do recommend soaking first, like soaking overnight draining and then you can cook them in the Instant Pot. It will take less time. I do like cooking broth in the Instant Pot, though I do typically like to slow cook the broth. But if you need broth in a hurry, you can cook broth in the Instant Pot in about an hour and a half. And any soups, stews, chilies, curries, I do a lot of those in the Instant Pot. And those are the Instant Pot recipes that you will find on my website typically. But like I said, more often than not, I'm using it for meal prep or I am using it in the evening when I need something to... I need something to happen faster. It is a great tool if you like slow cooker recipes and forget to put things in the slow cooker. If you've got the Instant Pot, then you can still make something. So it is one of my top five kitchen tools. I use it every single week. I recommend it to people because it has so many different functions and can do so many different things. But as always, if you've listened to this and you're like, yeah, I don't really think I'm going to use it. And You Maybe you have one and you haven't used it, sell it. Maybe you're thinking about getting one and you're like, you know what, I don't actually think I'm going to use it that often. Maybe you don't do meal prep or you don't need meals to be done quickly in the evening or you don't like slow cooked texture because that's basically the same texture as is in the Instant Pot, then maybe it's not for you. And that's okay. I am all about just having the tools you need and having things accessible and easy to grab in the kitchen. If it is cumbersome and it is making things harder for you in the kitchen, it's going to keep you out of the kitchen. And I want you to be in the kitchen cooking and enjoying that process. So if this feels like something that could help you bring more ease and less stress to your cooking, then go ahead and try using the Instant Pot more. It is wonderful. So that's where I'm going to leave it today, friends, okay? There's so much more that I can go into for today. We're just going to leave it there. I really just wanted this to be a 101 on one episode to kind of ease you a little bit when it comes to using the Instant Pot, give you kind of a 101. Here's how to use it. Here are some of the things you can use it for. I hope it was helpful. I hope you got some tips and tricks and just maybe feel a little less scared to use the Instant Pot. Or maybe you're inspired to pull your Instant Pot out and use it for meal prep this week or whatever. Maybe use it for uh, a dinner this week, okay? So if it was helpful, please let me know over on Instagram or let me know in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club or leave a rating or review. I would so appreciate if you're finding these episodes helpful, just leave a quick five-star rating, a quick review, tell me what you're loving. It helps more people see the podcast and it it's helping more people just bring more ease into cooking. And so, I appreciate that. I appreciate all of you. Don't forget that Instant Pot 101 printable for you to download. The link is in the show notes. It's just basically a cheat sheet of what I shared with you today, and you will also get some of my favorite Instant Pot recipes in that email as well. So don't forget about that. It's free. I love giving you guys a little freebie printables. But again, there's always so much more bonus content in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. So if you want to join us over there, it's patreon.com slash Healthy Mama Chris. Plans start at three bucks a month and you'll get a ton of bonus content over there. And you can interact with me if you have any questions. So feel free to reach out. I hope this was helpful and I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Mommy's Podcast. Friend, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Healthy Mama Kitchen Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you love to listen to podcasts so you never miss a cooking tip. If you've been loving this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It truly makes a difference in how many other busy cooks find this show and lets me know what you're loving and want to hear more of. For show notes and links to all the recipes and tools I mentioned, head to com slash podcast. For daily eats, cooking tips, and family friendly shortcut dinner ideas, be sure to follow along over on Instagram at Healthy Mama Chris. Remember, cooking for your family may not always feel easy, but it can be simple.